The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Welcome into a Thursday edition of Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Haley Sutton, Jess Navarez, Aisha Morrison here to get you ready as we continue to count down to the final regular season game for the Dallas Cowboys. As we know, the playoffs are coming up, but we got to get through Washington first. Before we talk matchups, uh, we're running a little bit behind, obviously. Uh, we just held the... Hall of Fame finalist press conference with Demarcus Ware and Darren Woodson. Uh, Charles Howley was not able to make it. Uh, I think they gave us information to get in touch with him at a later date. But really cool moment just to sit and listen to these guys speak. Uh, you know, there's no need to get into, you know, what these guys have accomplished. Both are, are so influential at their respective positions. They're both household names in this building, in this organization, and they really – are a major reason why Dallas is known for defense when you think of what the Dallas Cowboys represent. So I think these two guys, you can't really, and Chuck as well, you know, you can't really find three better guys who deserve this honor. I kind of want to just open up the the table and just talk about what you took away from the press conference and what was so impactful. I'll go first. Um, I'm a big DeMarcus Ware fan. I have had the opportunity. He was actually the first professional athlete I ever interviewed uh, in my career. He graduated from the University of Troy, or I guess Troy University. They'll get mad at me for saying that wrong. But he went to Troy University, and when I was working in Alabama, uh, he was inducted into the Troy Hall of Fame, the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. So uh, he was the first guy I ever spoke to, and he was so polite. He was so intentional in speaking, and I've always been so impressed with his willingness and eagerness to always want to give back to the next generation. And I think Christie's question asking, you know, if you would give, you know, if you could give the other person a, a reason why they should be in the Hall of Fame, I, I that's me, stands out as when he was talking about wanting to give back to the next level. So uh, that's me, probably stood out the most. Charles as well, um, or excuse me, not Charles, uh, Darren also had some impactful stuff. But I want to open it up to you guys. Uh, just what did you take away from that press conference today? Go ahead. Oh yeah. Well, I, I, um, one of those two gentlemen, like it was mentioned, I think Kyle mentioned like the philanthropy, well, no, it wasn't Kyle, it was Patrick mentioned the philanthropy, how active those gentlemen are in the community. And the biggest part that stood out to me was how much they emphasized life after football. Mm -hmm. And with the conversation of DeMar Hamlin and how we've talked about these gentlemen being human, et cetera, et cetera. It was important to me hearing Go, guys of that caliber, players of that caliber, mention how important setting up your life for your next season um, that's maybe not a football season is to these young players. And I just think that's an important part of what gentlemen that are in the game should be looking for and looking towards is building outside of football and making sure that they are progressing and have things to look forward to because as we know football careers can end quickly they he just mentioned like I'm I'm done and I'm 36 like I stopped playing he stopped playing football at 36 um and so I just I think it's important moving forward for players to take on that mantle and to move forward into their next stages of their life with things in place yeah I think um all all really good stuff Aisha and I were sitting next to each other and she kind of like tapped my leg when uh, when that conversation came up. But, um, you know, DeMarcus Ware is somebody that 
when I first started watching football, he was part of that team. It was the Tony Romo and the Jason Witten era and D. Ware. I mean, that's the team that got me into football right. when I look at Same. it. That was my generation, right? Um, it's the millennial generation of football. <laughs> so to hear him talking about his story specifically and how he talked about uh, being a Boys and Girls Club kid, that hits me hard. I used to work at the Boys and Girls Club through college. So um, anytime I hear an ode to the Boys and Girls Club, it just it, it hits me because those kids – um, are, are such phenomenal kids. And um, anyway, so when he was talking about being at the Boys and Girls Club and, you know, how that kind of changed his life when he met, uh, who, who was it? Did, Bo, Jackson. Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson. And um, the, the whole thing was, yeah, if you get a college scholarship, you get free food. And something that simple changed the trajectory of his life to make him a household name for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, absolutely incredible. And something else, too, that um, I think – it was D-Ware that mentioned was how one story can change somebody else's life. And for me, that really hit home because he was part of the team that changed my life and changed what I wanted to do as a career. Mm -hmm. So when he's talking about, yeah, I, I want my story to resonate with somebody, it was his career that resonated with me sitting in there, living out my dream to do this. And it, it was very personal. I like I got a little teary eyed in there multiple times. I mean, it was very emotional. And then, um, of course, when um, Darren was talking about his mom being his person and visibly just holding back tears and, and saying she's the one she's the one that she's my staple for for why things like uh, why things ended up like they they did and um, how she would work all of her jobs. There was just so many moments that. Again, the whole conversation this week has been about football players being human. And it is so, so impactful. Um, if you all get the chance to go watch it, go watch it entirety. I mean, it was it was just beautiful. That was a very beautiful thing to see today. Yeah, I loved the opening statement from both gentlemen. Um, just taking that moment to – I even I, – I wrote that down. I think I tweeted it in, in Darren Woodson saying, you know, we – it's easy to pass along the words of saying pray for Damar Hamlin. Yo, it's easy yeah. to pass around yeah. the words of saying, you know, pray for the family, pray for this, that, and the third. But I felt challenged, but not in a negative way when he said, be intentional yeah. about it. Be intentional yeah. when you're saying pray for Damar, pray for Damar. Don't just say it and do it. And yeah. I think for me, with both of these men, the number one thing that I took away from is, that, again, like, we don't have to sit here and talk about their careers, right? They're both yeah. incredible at what they have done. Uh, but the entire 30 to 45 minutes that we were in there, uh, I don't think we really talked about football a lot. No. I think there was a moment where they would at, where they were asked what they would miss the most, and they talked about coming out of the tunnel <laughs> uh, and how special of a moment that is, getting you know being there with Michael Irvin and how excited <laughs> he was, and you know clapping as they were coming out, and then getting to do that possibly full circle uh, yeah. come the ceremony. So uh, I love that you pointed that out, Jess. That this week has so this has been such a reminder for all of us that. You know, we do this because we love it. We do this because it's it's fun and it's so great getting to know these guys. But it's so, so, so important to hear these conversations, to have these conversations and recognize that these guys are great football players, but they're Hall of Famers because of who they are as people, too. And I just I loved that that was the main takeaway. I'm very similar to you. Uh, anyone who knows me knows that my mama is like my absolute rock. Like there is nobody in this world who I would go to battle for more than her. And so just to hear how important Darren's mom is to him, you know, like that really, I was 
honestly glad that that was the last question because yeah. that that's that really got me. Yeah, that's all it needs to be yeah. ended at. And the um, and I just wanted to add on like they in the conversation of them being people and being human. Uh, I believe Darren also mentioned how they're playing for more than just football. Right. Like, and obviously you heard him talk about his mom. You heard those two gentlemen talk about growing up in single parent household households. And that's a lot of guys story in this sport. And so when, again, like full circle talking about them being human, I I feel like these opportunities are time for us to connect the story to the player and to understand more of the sacrifice that's involved with it as well, because you have to leave people you care about behind. Did it? You have to leave people you care about behind sometimes to get to where you want to be so you can provide for them and you can be there for them. And there's a lot of pressure on a lot of these guys to perform and provide for the people they care about and to have longevity in that. So I it was a, a soul-bearing moment. I felt like it was necessary, and I hope that a lot of other players get a chance to look at it yeah yeah and I think too something that was a big takeaway from all of this um this entire week and you know going back to DeMar and and that situation and hearing his teammates and his coaches talk about it more and more now and then going into this press conference what I hope what I hope everybody takes away out of this week is you keep that same mentality of these players are human (laughs) not just for this week but for the entirety that you watch any sport whether it's football, basketball, baseball, women's basketball, soccer, soccer check uh, dance, yeah. cheer, I, any sport yeah. that you realize these athletes are human going forward and you see them in a new light and you give them that respect and that empathy and that grace and that kindness because really even just hearing um, both Darren and DeMarcus talking today, it was it was so impactful to to see them just so raw. Yeah. And even, the moment of silence at the beginning with Demarcus yeah. Ware whenever he he started talking and then just he couldn't. That he was couldn't that, finish. and it was so powerful because yeah. a lot of times you know silence speaks so much louder yeah. than words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was. It, again, I just really hope every single person that you know has heard of this entire week which everybody has it's being talked about everywhere as it should be because you know damar should be on everybody's minds at this point um you you keep that same kind of mindset going forward and you understand that specifically you know i know us three i can say with full confidence when we sit on this podcast we we humanize these players and we say they're humans first and that's that's what they are they're humans and and you keep that same mindset always after this week real quick before we get into the second half of this conversation i love it i did just while we were talking about tomorrow i wanted to give an update uh we have the today is probably the most positive day that we have seen it's been so exciting uh the bills tweeting out today Demar hamlin is now able to communicate through writing and ask the doctors who won the game on monday night the doctors answered yes Demar, you won you won the game of life One of the doctors was quoted by saying, we can't say enough about the quick actions of the Bills training staff and the physicians who were on the field. It's not only that the lights are on. We know that DeMar is home. They also added that he's moving his hands and feet at this time. And, quote, the best outcome for him is to return to who he was before this happened. Uh, when I mentioned that to Dak Prescott earlier before locker room as he was going to the podium because he was asking the PR staff for updates, 
you know, I said, yeah, he said, wait, did he ask, he, he asked about the game? And I said, yeah, he wrote on a piece of paper. He said, who won the game? And the smile that came on Dak's face and he just, he started clapping and, and, you know, she walked up to the podium, um, and was just, he said the power of prayer, man, like that's the power of prayer. So, um, very fitting press conference today. I mean, as always, those guys are so full of class and so full of knowledge and wisdom. Uh, I, and I don't want to take away from the fact that they are incredible football players. This is such a great honor for them. Uh, I know both of them have discussed that it's been a frustrating journey at times, you know, not mm-hmm. being a, a first ballot Hall of Famer, especially for DeMarcus Ware last year. I think that really surprised a lot of us. Uh, snubbed, I'll tell you. For, uh, for Darren Woodson as well. This is a guy, he, and he joked about it several times today, that this is a guy <laughs> who's been waiting. You want to talk about waiting for your moment. Yeah. Um, so I loved that. With this being said, though, we did this on pregame live last week uh, before the Titans game, and I loved that. Kyle had this idea. So I'm going to wrap up this first segment with a question for you ladies. So both of these guys spoke in length, or not in length, I guess, but they did speak about the current team. Uh, DeMarcus Ware talked about Micah Parsons and his ability to impact the locker room from year one to year two. Uh, Darren Woodson said this is the best safety group he's ever seen, which I think like that's uh, you want to talk about getting a pat on the back. J. Ron Kirst, Donovan Wilson, uh, Malik Hooker. I hope they get to hear that because that's a huge uh, nod of praise. But it Reminded me of this conversation we had on pregame live. If you could add any player, any former Dallas Cowboys player, Hall of Famer or not, to this this year's current roster to help them get to the Super Bowl this year, who would it be and why? I've been trying to sit on this for a while. (laughs) Um, Here's the thing. I think... The current roster is great, right? I think anything additional would be an additive, like you said. Yeah, so, and let me be clear. This is not a knock at the roster. This is just not, like a fun game right, of, right, like, right. if you could guarantee these guys get to the Super Bowl if by adding one player, who would it be? All right. I am going to go with Dez because, again, that is, like, my generation of of players. And I can't even imagine seeing Dez with this wide receiver group. And... Um, you know, I think Des always brought that energy and brought that spirit to that wide receiver room, um, you know, long before I was ever here in, in Dallas <laughs> even. But um, I would love nothing more than to see Des get a proper playoff run. Um, so he could throw up his X and preferably let's, let's just pretend at one point, uh, they meet Green Bay down the road. I would love nothing more than a storybook ending of Des throwing up the X, uh, with a game winning touchdown against Green Bay in Lambeau. But that's just me going on my storybook ending. But to answer your question, Des, I would add Des. Okay. Uh, you need a, you need another cornerback right now. Mm-hmm. I, I, on, on Twitter, when you guys asked, I said, Sean Lee in this defense, oh. I think, I would be a cheat code. Yeah. But in retrospect to what we're talking about in LVE coming back, if I wanted to bring a player back for this run, it would be Dion. Mm. Because, yeah. Lordy, Lordy, you're not <laughs> passing the ball. I mean, you're not passing the ball. That'd be like, scary. It's Trayvon and Dion. Impossible. That'd and be amazing. Got, and then you have Trayvon, who's very even-killed. He's calm, you know, but Dion was a firecracker. I just think those two... Imagine them of cornerbacks would be disrespectful. Yeah. Imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you wouldn't pass. You wouldn't be able to pass the ball. I would love it. <laughs> I, I feel like everyone would be like, Nah, never mind. We don't want to play the Cowboys. Like, <laughs> forfeit. Yeah. Like I think if you shored up that, that would be dope. So Dion is mine. Okay. Good one. Prime time. So when we did the show, I without a doubt said Nate Newton. Um, to hmm. me, I think he deserves to be in yep. the Hall of Fame. Uh, you when you. I, I have loved the versatility of this offensive line this season. I think that they have. 
you know, Coach Philbin has gotten his money's worth. He has back to back years where he's having to shuffle around and figure it out. Uh, so kudos to him. I love that this offensive line is committed to doing whatever it takes to win. But if I'm trying to get to the Super Bowl, guaranteed, give me a guy who's going to get in there, who knows what it takes, who's going to be physical, who's going to be able to help your quarterback, protect your quarterback. So I said Nate Newton, put him in yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that'd be cool. I would also add uh, Michael Irvin. If I had like a second choice, I would yeah. add Michael Irvin. There, I'm there's, cheating. I would have said there's a, there's a, well, no, I was just, I was just, I wanted to give context. I didn't want people to think like, <laughs> yeah. oh, she's switching up. Like, yeah, I was oh, like, wait, uh. we could have two players? No, no, no. I was just, that's, oh, that up. was my example that I used on pregame live. Yeah. I would would still go Nate Newton, Nate. especially given, you know, just the you, these guys can do what they're doing and it's yeah. been incredible, but they're all banged up, right? So give me a healthy Nate Newton to get oh, in there. Jeez. Shore it up. Dang. Give me that. Travis. But if I, for this, yeah, Travis would oh, be good Barnacles too. Yeah. Travis. Yeah. For, the, for the Girls Talk Boys Talk podcast, I would add Michael Irvin. Uh, I, I know you guys never got to see me play soccer, but Michael Irvin, I was very similar. Maybe not as aggressive as Michael was, but I'm a big trash talker. You I'm a big like, I love, I've said this before, I love confidence. That's like kind of where yeah. I drew my inspiration from. So, uh, give me a Michael Irvin on the field to help that wide receiver core at the moment. And speaking of the wide receivers, we are going to talk about them in our second block. We're going to go ahead and take our first Blake first break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about some of these wide receivers, how they are making an impact, and what they can do in the final regular season game going into the postseason. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation. So you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at Blockchain.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back.
back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to talk a little wide receivers and how they can help this team on Sunday. But first, we're going to listen to Jess. Well, it's only right that the best fans in the whole world get out of this world gear. Visit your local Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop or log on to shop.dallascowboys.com. A fanatics experience and grab Cowboys Nation-worthy hoodies, tees, accessories, and more. A fanatics experience. I love that line. It's fun. Um, we have obviously spent so much of this season talking about the wide receiver core group and how it's I can only describe it as a roller coaster because you know the potential that was in that room from the very beginning, even before you added TY, you knew the potential was there. It was a matter of digging out mm. what these guys were going to do. And you have seen wide receiver number one, CD Lamb, step into that role as of late. I credit a lot of it to Dak Prescott returning, being able able to, you know, get that rhythm back with QB1. But I also credit it to his patience with himself, his ability to self-scout, his ability to recognize where he needs to improve and then show improvement. So I want to read a couple numbers off and then chat with you guys about C.D. Lamb. So over the last three games, he has, of course, had 100-yard games. He's got four this season. Um, Against Tennessee, he was 11 of 14 for 100 yards versus Philly, 10 of 11, 120 yards and two touchdowns. And then against Jacksonville, he was a perfect 7 of 7 for 126 yards. He's got eight touchdowns this year. Obviously, he is in the 1K club. I said it yesterday, CD's a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL, and I don't think he gets that credit. And I think the reason why he doesn't get that credit is because he didn't start like a firecracker. You know, he's taken the time to develop and become that top 10 quarterback. And I mentioned this briefly yesterday, too, just comparing him to some of the guys who we spend some time speaking about when it comes to being an elite wide receiver in the NFL currently. Uh, The first player I went to was Justin Jefferson. I went back and looked at his last four games. I skipped Green Bay because he didn't even show up. None of them showed up on on the Vikings, so we skipped that game. Uh, but going back to the New York Giants, Justin Jefferson was 12 of 16 for 133 yards and one touchdown the week prior to that at a very similar stat line. 12 of 16 for 123 and a touchdown versus Indianapolis. And then against Detroit, he was 11 of 15, 223 yards against Detroit. So pretty good numbers there. And then when you look at A.J. Brown, a divisional uh, competitor, four of nine for 97 yards and a touchdown versus the Saints, six of eight for 103 yards versus Dallas, and nine of 16, 181 yards versus Chicago. So those are two of the guys I think he draws parallels to. And when you look at the numbers, he kind of lines up right with those guys. Yeah, and Kellen Moore is doing a lot. I, I know we talked about it. He's also doing a lot putting him in motion, putting him in positions to make plays. I mentioned at the presser today, I asked CD, you know, like we knew he put on some weight in the offseason. You can see his size is a little better. But I asked him, you know, hey, do you think that your size plays into and that work you did in the offseason is a play into how slippery you are, how difficult it is to get you on the ground and your yak opportunities? And he was like, absolutely. He put in, he said credit to his trainers and the work he put in. So, you know, just to tie into what you were saying, it's not just about you know, the offense coming together, he's definitely put in the work for it. And I think it's the dopest thing because we it's a it's a growth thing for the whole offense because what happens with him is really opening up what's happening all around and how efficient they're being. So and that's what I wrote down when you're saying his numbers, it's just how efficient 
he is catching the ball this year because even the drops are like null and void. So I'm excited for him moving forward, and he's going to have a lot of opportunity in the playoffs to show what he's made of, I'm sure. Oh, I can't wait to see play playoff wide receiver one CeeDee Lamb in form. That is going to be something to see. But something I will give credit to CD for is, you know, obviously how he's been playing, but – we talked about this um, when Cooper Rush was in. We talked about how, you know, you're not seeing as much of CD right now because Noah Brown was really Cooper Rush's go-to guy at that point. You're going to start to see this emergence of CD Brown. Uh, CD Brown, oh my goodness, CD Lamb. Um, <laughs> I'd like wow. to see that. Yeah. <laughs> that would be one heck of a wide receiver. But uh, uh, CD Lamb, you're going to see this emergence of him at the right time. We, we said that weeks ago, and it is the right time. And CD absolutely has put in work and something I always stress and emphasize is the communication factor of it and what you're seeing is the clear communication between him and Dak uh, where Dak is throwing those bombs and CD is right where he needs to be to, to be uh, making those plays and something too that I really love when CD does is he makes plays in the air so really he is just such he's become such a dependable guy and I am just so proud to see the progression he's had throughout the season because he deserves all the flowers. He's put in the work. He's put in the time. And now opposing defenses have respect to his name because they're double covering him, triple covering triple him, sometimes, covering him sometimes. And he's still Dang. making those plays. He's real He's real handsy with making those plays in the air. So good for CD. Not triple coverage. I know. I seen triple coverage. I said, this is disrespect. <laughs> I mean, like some of it is like, oh, this is flatter. And then some of it is like, now, y'all have to send three, four people over there. Come on. I'll never forget the game. Well, that's not true. I do forget the game, but I'll never forget listening <laughs> to him talk after. Uh, I'm trying to, I think it was a Detroit game, even. Um, I just remember we were in the locker room. So, uh, but he was talking about it was, it was, what was the game where he made all the one handed catches? Where he, everything he was doing was it, maybe it was the Giants, even. It was the Giants. Where yeah. everything was he was doing was hand. one hand. And, and uh, someone asked him in the post game in the locker room, they said, like, what was wrong with the other hand? And he said, you didn't see? They like They were holding me. it. He said, they were holding it, so all I could do was use the one hand that I had. Like, the other one, I was holding hands with the defender. So I never, I'll never forget that. Yeah, it was the that. James game. It was, okay, yes, so I will never forget it now. But just the development, um, again, I love a confident player. He definitely is a confident player. Second in receptions in the NFC behind Justin Jefferson. 102 receptions, 1,307 yards, eight touchdowns. That's also good for fifth in the NFL. So when you talk about, again, being a top 10 wide receiver it is CeeDee Lamb. He's third in the NFC in yardage, 12.8 yards per game. And also doing that with a whole new receiving coach as well, which mm -hmm. is super important, uh, I'm sure, for these guys. He he also, too, I, his hand fighting is so good. He's grown. Like, it's, it's it's little small things that we, I guess, we don't talk about, but just sitting in zones and being patient mm -hmm. and hand fighting off the line and getting guys off of him. Like, he learned from that Giants thing, like – Get your hands off me, guy! And and yeah, that's and good. I and that's I guess that's what we were trying to see from him. And I'm ex again, I'm excited for him moving forward and him and Dak, him and Dak, because that's becoming a real thing, like a real that's your future duo. Yeah. That's your now, and it's your future. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's what you needed to see. Well, this season hoping. was the season you needed to see it, and um, I think it's unfair to say that you know CD had. Just uh, and it wasn't from everybody, right? But lower expectations after the entire Amari Cooper situation, and oh my goodness, this guy's falling. No wide receiver one. No, CD's always been there. 
but he has grown and he had I will, to grow he I had to develop always give credit to people that push themselves to grow and he absolutely pushed himself to grow and just love it for him okay you meant what huh oh you said okay yeah i was like oh okay. it, it came out yeah it did oh i was i was saying okay i was about to read you were pivoting in notes. your head yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you were transitioning that's right we're, we're transitioning with you so i feel you uh jess you mentioned the here and the now uh and when you talk about the now i don't think we can talk about the now without talking about ty hilton and i know we have spoken so much about his impact on this team and when you went out and got a wide receiver what you're what you wanted from him but i asked mike mccarthy today you know ty hilton's four of his five catches as a cowboy have been for third downs and not just like kind of third downs they've been for like third and yards mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like third and yards. And so when you when you think about I wanted to know, like when you guys were having the negotiations with this guy, when you were wanting to bring him in, what were your expectations and how has his performance matched or exceeded those expectations? And he literally said, That's a great question. He said, they, he said it was impressive. You know, like, no, I don't think anyone expected him to come in and be able to do what he's doing. You know, he saw what he did in Indianapolis. And so they knew he was capable of doing that stuff. But he was just so impressed with his ability to come in and do it immediately. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and again, like, I don't think any of us really knew like that third and 30. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, that was cool. But we didn't know that that was only going to be the beginning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, we've got him. He can make those big plays. That's tight. And then four of his five catches. It just keeps happening. (laughs) Uh, So I love that he's been able to come in here. And I love this for TY, too, just coming in uh, to be able to match those expectations. Mm -hmm. And my favorite thing that Mike McCarthy said about T.Y. Hilton is that he wants to get him even more involved in this offense. What do you guys think that looks like? What are your expectations for T.Y. Hilton going into Sunday's game? As far as giving it, getting him involved, uh, yeah. Like, what do, would you want to see? Well, he can do so much of everything. I would, I would assume that they would. I would hope that they maybe they would try to start doing some intermediate stuff with him, like quick outs, quick slants, just get him an opportunities to get yards after catch too, because he has burners. Um, but the big playability is huge because on the opposite side of the ball, the defense is trying to minimize the big play. But Mike McCarthy's talked about it many times is that you have to have big plays on both sides so I guess just continuing to have that deep threat and having having the respect of him out there should open up things also he and CD are fantastic on third down it's so Mm -hmm. you're also putting defenses in situations where they're gonna have to choose Mm -hmm. who they want to focus on and then when you saw even like the fourth the fourth and three what game was that was it Jacksonville was it fourth and three for who it was for the Cowboys where the Noah Brown drop happened. Like those type of situations, I feel like he will be able it to. It might have been Jacksonville. I, I thought you were talking about TY, was and I was like, no, TY didn't play that game. No, but, no, 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 no. I yeah. was talking about just in those short yardage situations, clutch games, especially going into the playoffs. You just know you have a guy that has the confidence to go make that play in that moment, and I'm ready for that moving forward. What I'm ready for is I want more TY involvement in first and second down as well mm-hmm. because I what I don't want is I, I, I love me some Mr. Third Down. Don't get me wrong. That is clutch. We needed that. That was something that the Cowboys absolutely needed. But I want to see more involvement in the first and second down portion of the play calling because really I think first and second down has been a little shaky for the Cowboys lately. The short runs – 
a little bit more predictable uh, on, on that side of things. But what I want to see is is Ty's involvement earlier on, so that way you're not having to do a third and thirty. It's incredible when you have to do it, but again, we saw the probability percentage of that play actually happening. Kudos to Dak and Ty for making it happen, but that's not always going to be the case. And I don't want that to become a reoccurrence where it's third and long, third and long mm-hmm. yeah, all sure. the time because That's it's not point. always going to pan out. But I did get to talk to Ty today because I haven't I haven't gotten to see him in the locker room when when I've gone in there since that third and thirty catch. And I just told him, you know, I, I know this kind of old news now, but I haven't gotten to talk to you about it. And um, I said, what did that moment feel like for you right after that catch? Did did you realize what just happened? And uh, I told him I was there. Everybody got quiet for a second because nobody just could understand the magnitude of what you just did in front of all of us. And then it erupted. And he said, oh, yeah, I knew. I knew. I was fine. And that's um, always been his thing, man. He's like, man, I told y'all. I've been telling y'all. And I asked asked him, I said. Surprise, not me. (laughs) I asked him, I said, so how does it feel now that you're in this stage in your career that you get to be that veteran guy that everybody goes to when they have questions? And he said that uh, Reggie Wayne, was his guy back oh. in 2016. And so when um, Reggie decided to retire in 2016, he said that he was the oldest guy in the room at that point and he had to step up. And so he said, you know, I promised myself that I would give forward and pay back that moment that Reggie made for me and, and the player he helped establish me to be going forward, whether it was with the Colts or anywhere I ended up. And so he said, um, I, I asked him, you know, What's what's the advice that you're giving these guys? And he said, quote, a closed mouth can't get fed. He doesn't know what you're going through unless you ask him questions. And so that is the mentality he's been spreading um, throughout that wide receiver room. And I said, have you gotten questions? And he said, oh, yeah, nonstop. And I love it. So the guys are asking questions. They're utilizing him. And something I'm just excited to see is the longevity of how much those questions and those answers are paying forward for Michael Gallup and Noah Brown and, and you know, CD, even Jalen Tolbert um, and, uh, you know, guys that we don't even mention. So I'm excited for all of them to have that opportunity with T.Y. Yeah, T.Y. mentioned uh, Reggie's connection and, and that's kind of how he sees himself for, for CD as well. Um, I spoke to him about that, so I love that he echoed that. Uh, to you. Both of those guys are going to be incredibly necessary in Sunday's game against Washington. I know that the commanders are out of the playoffs, but that does not mean that they do not have anything to play for. We're going to take our second and final break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the matchup. We've gotten to hear from the supposed starting quarterback on Sunday, Mr. Sam Howell himself. We'll talk a little bit about what he looks like as a quarterback and the challenges that the Cowboys defense will face seeing their third backup quarterback when we return on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) 
Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups. So you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. To our third and final segment of Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We've got an injury update, and we've also got a read from Jess. Well, Dak Prescott is this year's Cowboys nominee for the 2022 Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award presented by Nationwide, recognizing NFL players for outstanding community service off the field and excellence on the field. Help Dak earn a $25,000 donation to his Faith Fight Finish Foundation by voting on Twitter. Just tweet or retweet hashtag Tag WPMOY challenge followed by Dak Prescott through January 8th. So go vote Dak. Quick injury update we just got from our lovely PR staff on the Dallas Cowboys side. Tyler Biotish did not practice. Kelvin Joseph was back. I was told I think he had an emergency root canal yesterday. Ouch. So that's the tooth injury. He was back in full today. So good for him. Tank still limited. Tony Pollard a full go. Leighton Vander Esch was once again limited, but Mike McCarthy did tell us with Leighton today his goal is to continue to him doing individual drills on the side. No team drills with the goal of getting back to seven-on-seven reps on Saturday. No guarantee on if he plays on Sunday, but that is the latest we have on Leighton. As for the Washington Commanders, it sounds like they're still on vacay because everybody still did not practice. The only change to this practice report is that Antonio Gibson— is now on the injured reserve list. That is new. I just saw that. We were just talking about him. So that's that. No Antonio Gibson for the rest of the season. Uh, and then Montez Sweat, who we talked about, had an illness yesterday. He it was a full go, which I kind of figured he would be back. So that is actually a uh, that's a surprise to me. No more Antonio Gibson with a knee and foot injury. So we won't mm-hmm. see him. To me, that sounds like we'll see a lot, lot, lot more of Brian Robinson Jr. Uh, Jess, I know you have spent some time getting to break down this Washington team. We talked yesterday about third down and how efficient they are in stopping uh, offenses on third down. What can you tell us about Washington? Well, something that's interesting going into this is, like you said, it's the backup quarterback situation. 3.0. And <laughs> Yeah, it's just never ending with them. So I was really curious to see what Sam Howell had to say today because, I mean, 
your your first career start against the Dallas Cowboys. That's a that's a big deal. And so he said that this is the game of his life is how he's treating it. And that's the mentality he wants all of his teammates uh, to have for every game that he starts is that this is the game of his life. Something interesting he did mention is that the biggest challenge for him is going to be getting up to game speed sure. and not being able to have those practice reps um, that, you know, other starters have had. He said, but he has been trying to play on the sideline. So taking notes from Tyler Haneke and Carson Wentz um, on the sidelines there, who I guess also give him a lot of feedback. Um, and it was just very interesting. They asked him, you know, how do you utilize your wide receiver group? And and he said, well, I haven't really gotten to pass to them a lot. So it wasn't until this week that he's getting a lot of these reps with these starting guys. So it's interesting. Um, a very interesting situation in Washington, but I understand why they're doing it. This really, they're testing who their future is That's at this point. Out. And <laughs> what better way to win your tryout than to try to win and beat the Dallas Cowboys? I love your addition I mean, of try to win. <laughs> I, try. They can try. Anyone can try they to win. Well, they're they're going to try to win. They're, they Okay, so at one point they asked, you know, what perimeters do you have for yourself in this game? And he said, to win. Sh- sure, sir. I hope. Uh, Sweet okay. baby. Yeah. Sure, sir. Sweet I, I baby mean, Sam. Yeah, Mike. Oh, Tank. Did you hear that? Micah, did you hear that? I'm trying to win. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting situation. And again, like I kind of talked about yesterday, I would keep an eye on their tight end group. That's another audition that yeah. they're having is for those younger tight ends. So it's going to be interesting to see maybe some tight end sets, um, what they do with the tight ends there. And other than that, y'all, I mean... Yeah, Logan Thomas is going to get some burn, but it's so unpredictable. Like, I I think I mentioned it to Chauncey Golson today. I was like, bruh, y'all didn't even know who was playing last week until the day. I mean, you didn't know Dobbs was starting until the day of. And, you know, with all respect, like, I just think we will never understand what that feels like for game planning and moving forward and how to, you know, how to adjust to that. I was – the the two-quarterback situation has been a thing – all year, mm-hmm. all year, Since and Houston. I, and yeah, and I'm, if I'm not mistaken, they were saying that like 65 or 66 quarterbacks have played this season, and that's the most in any NFL season. So it kind of gives you a look on like the landscape of the NFL right now is that so many teams are trying to figure out who their franchise quarterback is, or if the person that like think about it, like in the NFC is like, ain't none of these people signed that we playing backup. Yeah. quarterbacks every week <laughs> yeah. every week or it's even just that mentality of the one-two punch running back situation that you, that has become more predominant across the nfl and uh this last season specifically it could even be just you know the wear and tear on these guys and trying to keep the longevity of your quarterback of hey let's alternate but let's also figure out who the future is and and what's going to benefit us more but it is interesting it's it's weird guys it's weird this is yeah, it's not weird to me. It the is. the commanders and and the way this entire situation was handled, it, it's an it's just so interesting to me. I have a feeling that we we will see a little Taylor Heineke as well I, I, on Sunday. Like, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. They gonna mix it up. I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, hey, get of in there. Of course, of course. <laughs> why not? I mean, why not? It's, it's the your last Super game Bowl. Of the year. It's no, their Super Bowl at this point. Don't say that. I don't think it's their Super Bowl. They're look. They have nothing else to prove. Ron Rivera, I mean, as the head coach, is his job on the line? Does he have something to prove with this last game? There's a, This team has a lot to prove 
going into the end of their season and jobs are on the line potentially starting positions are on the line potentially so again as much as it's oh yeah the, the Cowboys should win this game they should but again no NFL team goes out there to just try to lose a game and they all have something to play for the Cowboys obviously have something different to play for but not to say that the the commanders don't as well. Even though their new mascot is just scary. I don't want to talk see about that. it. We're not going to talk about it. It creeps we, me out, guys. No, we're not going to talk about it because I hate it. It scares me. Shame on us. I we it have not mentioned me Terry McLaurin uh, at all and uh I think it's because, you know, when he played Trevor Diggs, we don't see him. Mm-hmm. Mm. But um, <laughs> we did see him a little bit uh, yeah. against the yeah. when they were playing with Cooper. Yeah, um, he's had a he's had a fantastic year, really quiet, um, over, overly over a thousand yards this year. Um, and when he's getting the ball, I mean, it's 50 like his average is 15 yards. So he's does have the big playability. I honestly am looking at that matchup this week because. Trayvon in this last like two three weeks I feel like he's been active but I want to see how well he stays in phase and goes through the process of um just I, I just would like to see how he locks in with a, a matchup uh, going into next game because I feel like there's so many instances where the ball's going away from him that maybe he doesn't get um opportunity like that so I'm seeing I want to see how he does with opportunity because Terry McLaurin is a big part of their offense this week yeah, and like we just talked about, no Antonio Gibson sounds like, so we'll see a lot of B-Rob as well. It'll be another big test for the run defense as they hopefully get ready to welcome back um, Jonathan Hankins and a few other guys next week for the playoffs. But like I said, we got to get through this one first. Real quick on Sam Howell, just a couple of his numbers. He played in three preseason games this year. He had 43 completions on 69 attempts. 62.3% completion, 547 passing yards, an average of 7.9. He averages about 182 yards per game. He had a intersection interception and was sacked nine times. Mm. Um, is Jonathan Allen playing? I know that he popped up on their injury report. Because I think right now with this injury report, I, they're just resting. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even – like, none of them practice. He didn't practice again today with a knee injury. But with all of them on that list, I can't imagine not all of them playing. Maybe mm-hmm. a few of them. Because uh, even B-Rob's on this list has did not practice. Uh, so unless they're just planning on trying to, you know, scheme us up with a bunch of different yeah. guys. Uh, I don't know. This is a hard one because, you know, I was going to read the, the, um, the last time the Cowboys – played obviously it was with Cooper so you take it with a grain of salt but I almost feel like it's kind of like there's no point because everything is so different so uh, just a lot to pay attention to I'm glad you mentioned Terry McLaurin because Mm. he is a threat Uh, I don't want the and the guys know this too they've talked about it all week like they are not taking this game lightly Uh, they've discussed how the playing the backup quarterback uh, is challenging because you don't know how to prepare for them you just do the best you can with what you have and and hope that your preparation and your practice gets you there um so we'll see. We'll see how this one pans out. Obviously, the game is on Sunday. They do have the opportunity to win the NFC East. So while the boys won't be checking the score of the Eagles game, I know all of us will. We'll be mm-hmm. keeping up with that to see how that game is going and if we can be the one seed, the two seed, or the five seed. Those are the three uh, options that this team has. We'll, of course, talk about that next week.
But that'll do it for us here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk, as we get ready for the final game of the regular season. Guys, week 18 is finally here. So nuts, dude. So fast. It went by so fast. Thank you guys so much for always tuning in, shouting us out on social media. We hear y'all. We see y'all. We appreciate y'all. But that will do it for this Thursday edition of Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating. We will see you next week. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!